0: Welcome to The Starting Point, Careers at SAP, a podcast where we talk to talented people at SAP about their experiences and insights into the working world.
1: Welcome, everyone. It's such a pleasure to have you here to the third season of our podcast, The Starting Point on SAP. I'm Norman, your host, and I'm here with my dear co-host, Catherine Philly.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm a new host. Starting for season three and we are thrilled. We have some amazing guests coming for you this season. I'm gonna pass it over to our other co-host, Ice, who's also joining
2: us. Hi everyone, this is Ice and I'm really excited to be a part of the Starting Point season three.
1: So this is amazing and you guys can hear our new hosts like this two pretty ladies. And we have a really, really cool guest one of my favorite ones. Serena Rig. please introduce yourself for the audience.
3: <laughs> Hi, everyone out there. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be here. As mentioned, my name is Serena Riggi, and Hello. I am located in the US. Okay. Um, more recently, I relocated from California to Texas and i've been with sap almost seven years now and i specialize in recruiting and early talents to professionals and specifically in tech but i just you know i love sap i fell in love with it the first you know within days of me joining and one of my passions has been to kind of pass down what i've learned and also learn from other people and so getting to be a part of this podcast And, you know, hopefully share some, you know, knowledge, whether it was mistakes or learning things or things I might've done right the first time versus the 10th with you guys and really kind of get to know you is just a total thrill and I'm excited.
1: Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. So considering this passion and recruiting and everything that she said about her, it's really important to know like how she started to feel like this way and the starting of their career, because like Serena have a lot. And I can clearly say to you a lot of stories about the start of her career. And we have like not necessarily about recruiting, but we have sales. We have dancing. We have like music. We have a lot of different stuff going on here. That's really important to everyone getting different. So Serena, please, you can share with us how everything starting and how Serena Rich was born to this person. <laughs> who she's in, in SAP right now, you know? <laughs>
3: i would love to and you're right when i wanted to grow up when i was little i wanted to be a backup dancer let's clarify that yes i said backup dancer (laughs) Um, not really sure specifically where that came from i didn't want to go out there and be the singer or whatever i wanted to be their backup dancers they looked like they were having a blast on stage for Um, who though who
0: did you want to be a backup dancer for
3: I don't know if I ever thought that logic through, um, or if I could have gone for Rod Stewart, I could have gone for Cher, I would have gone for Aerosmith, I don't really think they have backup dancers, but I I like that kind of music too. I have a very wide range of music clubs, everything from classical to rock and roll and rap and then some, so I, I honestly, I don't think I thought that through, but the definite goal was backup dancer. And I was a dancer for many years, even into JC. And I absolutely loved it. What's not to love getting to kind of dress up and be in different costumes? And I learned tap ballet and jazz and hip hop. And then later in life, I learned um, basic gymnastics, hula. I learned um, hip hop. Break dancing, modern, and a bunch of other stuff too, so it was a lot of fun, and then it also started to give me some leadership skills because I actually started choreographing and then had to instruct back, so that was a lot of fun too, but in the meantime, I actually started working when I Well, I think most people, at least um, females in the US, or some males I know were awesome at this too. They actually just started babysitting. But my first paid job, I actually um, worked at a local tennis club. And I was technically just a paid babysitter for a whole lot of kids. And it was one of those jobs that like, if you left, you didn't want to come back. (laughs) You just had to keep going and going Mm because the second you stopped, you're like, No, I can't do this. And I'm not coming back. So very long summer. But it led me to a job that I, you know, a lot of people, I don't think would have guessed, but I actually worked at a Harley Davidson store. And it was probably (laughs) one of my favorite experiences. And I think what it was about it was that it was a brand new store, they put it on the outskirts of the town I grew up on, because no one wanted it around. So where did they put it on the outskirts, which I love. And I got to work with I started off in reception and then I moved into what they call motor uh, clothes, (laughs) which is the clothing department. And it was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, and I was telling Norman about this a little earlier, that it became one of those things that it really taught me a lot about kind of judging a book by its cover and the people that you may come across in life. And one of those was The Henchman. I mean, I don't know if you know what this is, depending on where you are in the globe, but in the U.S., the henchmen um, are kind of a biker gang, (laughs) for lack of a better term. And they've been around for a very long time and often have a very bad reputation. Um, I think it's gotten better over the years, but getting to know some of them and how they are as human beings were just hilarious. They... they come all rough and tough and on their Harley and leather jackets and stuff. And they're they're the funniest guys and they would have the best personalities and they treated their wives with total respect. And I just totally dug on that fact. So the fact that I got to learn things like that really kind of opened my eyes to not always kind of judging something by what you think it's going to be. And then like Norman said, I worked retail for a very long time. You know, I worked the mall circuit and all sorts of other stuff. And then a bunch of jobs, you know, just to you know have fun during the summer or do other stuff, and then eventually one of my other favorite jobs that I had was um, a company called Vino Wine Cellars, and it was a total mom and pop store. Which she'd kill me if I told her that because she's not that old, and it makes her sound like she's my grandmother. Um, <laughs> but she's to be an awesome if lady.
1: She listened to the episode.
3: I'm gonna feel so bad, Let's but, but it really was. Woman. It was her. <laughs> and it was the awesomest thing and I got to come in and just kind of started doing books she taught me how to sell and just kind of being passionate around what she did and it had a storefront in our local downtown and it was an awesome experience and you know it just you know it kind of morphed into something that I didn't really know what it was at the time but my relationship with them plus what I got to do was really exciting Unfortunately, um, the recession started to hit and being the small store that she was, she wasn't necessarily able to keep me. And I knew that. And so I ended up um, leaving the employment and I tried to go live in West New York, New Jersey at some point, And that lasted about three months before I headed back to California. I realized that the just as bad as we were but i was not fond of standing out and freezing cold temperatures to go find a job when i was used to doing warmer weather in california so um i came back and ended up moving in with my 89 year old grandfather plot twist and taking care of him for a while and even learning more about myself through the eyes of taking care of someone who used to take care of you And it was coming back and trying to get into anything. I was going back into my old restaurant roots and bartending and I took bartending classes and I was doing um, farmer's markets and selling fudge, totally random stuff, right? Just anything I could do to, you know, make money, pay bills, whatever it was. And then eventually I talked to my dad who's been in tech since the seventies. And I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but he's like you know I have a contact with an agency why don't you go talk to them the next thing I know I have a conversation with them and like two weeks later I'm at front door at a company called Huawei and a receptionist and I'm jumping between two different companies doing reception work but it was how I kind of got into tech itself was through the front door quite literally (laughs) <laughs> and onto the receptionist desk. But um that's kind of where it all started from there. And it's a very interesting background. But if you think about it, one of the biggest themes was customer service. So whether it was dealing with babysitting, there were things that I did that at the end of the night, you know, when that kid was sleeping, I didn't just sit down and watch TV. I would actually kind of clean around the house just because I got bored. Oh, but parents really yeah. loved that. So that like upped my customer service, you know, kind of quota from that, just unconsciously doing things that were natural. And then you talk about retail and then into other stuff and then into reception where you're constantly meeting people that was all customer service. So even though everything I did was a little different in general, it did have a common theme when I look back at it. So it does make sense to me in that side. Cause I think a lot of people early on in their careers are looking, we're like, okay, if I do this, then it has to be this. And then, you know, it has to make sense. And I don't always think it makes sense when you initially look at it. But when you look back at it sometimes or look at it in a more broader sense, it makes more sense on how that path actually came to be where you are today. The way I view the next generation after me, because for those of you who can only hear my voice, I'm a little older than my co-host. Okay. Um, today. <laughs> <laughs> but, um To me, one of the things I love about that generation is that the fact that you guys aren't willing to settle, you guys want to try things out before you guys settle down. So the fact that you're saying that you like what I did, that's kind of like, that's a huge compliment to me because I don't see it, I mean, obviously, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as necessities and kind of getting paychecks and contributing and being that adult and checking off things that my parents assigned to me. But I admire you guys for the fact that you guys want to go travel and have the guts to go do that or that you guys want to explore new cultures or um, you guys are so social and things like that. So, I mean, even from a job perspective, you guys are having more internships and generation priors and things like that before you guys go and settle into a job. guys want to explore so i mean the fact that you i mean that i would even fall into a category (laughs) that's even similar to that i think is kind of crazy but ice and catherine what are your thoughts on that i mean do you feel like you kind of explored things before you settled in or what what was your experience on that
0: am i settled in i didn't think i was yet Yeah, I would say I'm still in that exploring phase. And I definitely, I think it's a testament to like what you said, like, there's that theme of customer service, but you didn't see it at the time. And it's really those transferable skills that you don't, I mean, I bounced from education to essentially a marketing role to a strategy development role. And now I'm in more of an early talent recruiting uh, support type role. And all of those things are they are pretty much like not related at all. But I remember in my interview for my uh, the first internship I had at SAP was for writing customer success stories. And I literally my only experience prior to that was, you know, my student teaching experience on my resume. And I told uh my manager at the time, I was like, you know, if I can sell the Treaty of Versailles to a bunch of 11th graders, I can sell anything to someone. And oh, wow. I think I think that's what got me the job. I would say that comment, but it's, not, it's just <laughs> It's learning how, like, all right, what did I, maybe not like the actual job itself, but what did I do and what can I apply to the next role? And what was I passionate about while I was doing that, that I want to pursue in some other job?
2: Yeah, I think I really like your story because um, it also applies to me that it's all because of the experience you had and that becomes the person you are today. And like, before I joined, Um, uh, Before I had the position today, back then in secondary schools, I am studying in literature. So it's more like cultural language thing. But then in university, I'm studying in computer science, so engineering thing. Uh, And back then for that four years, actually, I'm so confined with, oh, I'm studying computer science what can I do in the future? Only programmer, or maybe only doing codings at back office. But then actually, if you explore more, then you could actually combine language and culture, plus your technical skills in computer science. And that makes me into the position I am today, that is customer facing um, solution advisor. So leveraging both knowledge you have. And so um, I got at that's why you could find the position you love today so yeah never be confined by your own thoughts about you only have this knowledge then you must be certain thing in the future certain position in the future you
3: could and always explore I love that very so, well said ice i
1: love that this is so cool like i believe there's something cited on, on cultural basis because like when i say like some sometimes this is not happening here in brazil we have like this culture of okay let's try everything but i need to figure it out soon and i need to figure it out faster it, 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 and this is crazy because when you start to see like how all those different kind of works and jobs starting to get into together in, in a different set of skills. You need to be like really mature to understand like how you can like benefit uh your past experience and on your actual experience. As as Catherine said, like we have a common background because me and her was uh, we were teachers. We can like have this this like okay how teaching can can help me in a tech company considering that she is in in her actual role is, is based on marketing. I don't remember yet sorry.
0: The first, the first role I was writing customer success stories, so it was a marketing function, but within the customer success board area.
1: And like my role right now is on the sales department. And like, okay, like this teaching background isn't necessarily so into the 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 actual role, but at the same time, it is like you 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 Mm -hmm. need to you need to be like have this professional mature to start to figure out what what is your skills. So this is so cool when you yeah. have like a bunch of different experience and you start to figure out like how this this developing you, and to just but think
3: keep- of it that that's also communication when you're talking and you're a teacher your communication skills yeah. are like something that's key and you're either gonna sink or swim based off of your communication skills as a teacher. Think of it in sales. If you can't sell something, that's your communication ability to go out there and you know. Tell that person why it is that you're providing the best solution for them to run better and why it's gonna benefit them. I mean, so think of it at again at that most think broader.
0: I just I've had so many people ask me since joining SAT, well, what did you not like about being a teacher? And I say, I love being a teacher. I like I loved every part of it, but it was just about, you know, well, how else can I apply this? What else can I do with it? Like, kind of like you said, Serena. Not that I'm not willing to settle, but that I just want to keep exploring. I love learning. I want to see how else I can apply this. And it's like finding something you're passionate about in your job. And you might hate necessarily the task you're doing, but finding something to be passionate about in like the end result of it. Like with customer success stories, you some of it is very mundane, detail-oriented and can be brutal, absolutely. But then thinking of like, how does this benefit our customers by sharing this with them? Like, how can we celebrate in their success? How can we show other customers how we can celebrate in their success with SAP? So it's finding the little things that you're passionate about, whether or not it's the task, it's the end goal, maybe. Yeah, the- And that's also hard
3: in the sense of like trying to, you know, trying to convince your parents because we had parents uh, that literally were like, some people in certain cultures were like, you're either this or you're this. Go pick one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and was yeah. very common. And then there were just parents who are like, your ass is going to college. You know, go figure it out. I don't care what you pick um, as long as you go get the degree. And then based off of their own experiences, it's hard because so many things in the way of learning and career the future of your career and how that's going to look for this generation is different than our parents. You know, it's no longer just climbing a ladder because the way the future of work is going to go really does kind of, you know, depend on you being able to transition one job into another and find those related skills or go back and learn and then come back and reapply that out. And if you can't figure out, you know, how, babysitting as a kid to choreographing as an adult to taking care of an older grandparent to, you know, selling wine storage could benefit you now. Like that's a missed opportunity on such a level. I mean, there's a lot of positives and just kind of finding, you know, even if it wasn't the best internship you had that summer or, you know, your friends are living it up and thinking, making their internships sound so fancy or their new job sound so great. Um, and you don't feel like you have that, go and figure out what you do have. Because I bet you there's something that you have that they don't have. (laughs) And just embrace that. Because what you're doing is you're getting the chance to learn and really go out there. And if you're not realizing that, that's such a mess. I mean, that's the saddest point to me is when I have people that I just don't realize what they are getting, you know, because they're expecting so much more, they're trying to make it out to be so much more. And sometimes, there's things that are a lot more, but sometimes it's, you know you just got to live in the moment and kind of just enjoy what you have because you could be missing out on so many things, whether that's life, work, or relationships or whatever, you know from that side. so
1: so i really I really like like the way that your story started. Because, like, you can see that you experience everything to see. Uh, it's like a, a self-knowledge journey and a surviving journey at the same time, you know? Like, because you need to pay the bills. So, we can, like, use, like, this pretty pretty word to describe it. Like, I try to know myself, but at the same time, like, I'm paying stuff because I need to survive and going through everything. So,
3: so there's so many things that I got to learn and love. And that's a very long answer to a very
1: quick question. This <laughs> but... was a masterclass, Like
3: it kind of worked out for better or worse, you know, but everything I did got me to where I was at SAP. And when I have loved to come out and gotten my job right at SAP, heck yeah. But you know, the first person you date, not always the first person you want to take home. So, I mean, I kind of look at it in that sense too, That it, you know, sometimes you got to try some stuff out before you, you know, you finally settle in. But again, yeah. at the same point, if I had not experienced the other companies that I had, I would not be as appreciative of the role in the company and the place that I am now, and also have the drive to want to succeed and keep it, um, as I think if I had not experienced that. So, um, lots of things to be thankful and grateful for from that side.
1: It's amazing. That's Catherine, nice. Ice, do you have some compliments or something that you want to share more than this?
0: I mean, Mike drop. Uh, yeah, the,
1: for was <laughs> Exactly. You kind of got
0: through lovely. everything, there. <laughs> So, I don't know what else I could possibly add besides, like, thank you so much, Serena, for coming on, sharing all that with us. Amazing, amazing first episode for season three. I mean, I, I don't
2: know how we're going to top this, but hopefully we only go off from here. That's yeah, amazing. it's just an amazing story and uh hearing your story and your past history so far it makes me love sap so much more and more
1: (laughs) this is amazing so for everyone who is listening it's such a pleasure to be here and to have you here one more time and thank you for your time thank you for listening don't forget to like our episode to share in your social media and see you in the next one bye bye and have a great day